0: a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full-contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Bullshito Headquarters in Austin, Texas, this is the Art of Fighting B.S. Podcast.
1: Man. ...right out of
0: a coming. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Chocolate is an octave of sun energy. Brain chips in the trips. They give the trips special vaccines that are really nanotech
1: that already re-engineer their
0: brains.
2: Excuse me, sir, I don't want any what? trouble! sure
1: on some planet your style is quite impressive, but your weak link is, this is
2: Earth. Hey, well, I get to learn karate. Karate? The Dane Cook of martial arts? No. We do not need that many vaccines. What does a scouter say about
0: his power level? It's over 9000! We have a saying back home that if you're coming on...
3: ...come on!
1: Keep the yoga mat out of your mouth and on the floor. Do you
3: know friends and family
0: that eat yoga mat. Oh, in the park! Get him a body bag! Yeah! All right. What's up Ding Dongs? Alright, so before we get into the episode with Black Mom and talk about Russia, Sambo, and what it's like to have another grown man try and rip your scrotum off and stick his thumb so far into your eye and pop it pop out. And then go on to still kick his ass. It's a great story by the way. We're gonna talk about the fact that we have an app coming out for iPhone and Android. It's actually available on the Android Store already, and iPhones soon to come. But uh, you know, fuck Steve Jobs for making everything difficult. And um, anyway, yeah. So listen to the episode. Black Monk is, like I said, an international sambo competitor. He's also the frontman of an Austin punk band called Bullshit Detector, which is kind of fucking awesome. So that lines up. We we didn't plan that at or anything. So he just happens to be a member of the forums, and some of you guys will remember him from back in the day. And some local Austinites won't we'll remember him from Back in Your Face. <laughs> anyway,
3: so check it out. Here
0: we go.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the official Bullshito podcast this evening, starring of boss
0: Pithy fucking comment.
2: JNP. Greet. Black Monk. Hey, man. And I am, as always, oh, sub messenger.
0: I was swallowing. I'm supposed to come in right now. Okay, that's okay. We're gonna keep that part. Um. Okay. So tonight we're gonna talk to uh, international sambo competitor and someone who works in public education. A longtime forum member, Black Monk. And um, well, I I think let's give him the opportunity to kind of go over his CV and uh, tell us why you should give a shit about what we're talking about tonight.
1: Uh, well, I can't force you to give a shit about it, but I, uh, I, I got into Sambo kind of by happenstance, and then through continued happenstance, started to compete uh, internationally. And it's been a couple of years since I have, but um, for about 10 years steady, uh, I was traveling overseas and training. Uh, now that I'm in my master's years, I've slowed down a little bit. Uh, but it's still my goal to go back and uh, and compete some more, in the Veterans World Cup.
0: Is there like a Masters division in Sambo?
1: Yeah, yeah. It starts at um, age thirty five as opposed oh, to fuck. thirty. Um, in judo, it starts at thirty, right? In uh, in Sambo, it starts at thirty five, and it goes in five year increments. So, like M one is or the equivalent of M one is thirty five to thirty nine, and there's forty to forty four, et cetera.
3: Yeah, that's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, I'd, you know. I mean, the I mean, IBJ, but to, to be honest, go ahead. Wherever the hell they are, uh, the BJJF is also the same five-year commitment type thing. I, I,
0: mm-hmm. I've done MMA, but I think I they started it.
3: thirty-five, not thirty. So, uh, but I don't care. So, is um, there like
0: a? I mean, is it common to have like two sixty-five-year-old dudes out there, looking at a fucking Rice Krispies? going
3: So at each it other? is increasingly common. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Sambo, like the well, the athletic at least in my eyes, the, like, athletic uh, prowess doesn't really start to take a nosedive till about, like, 55, maybe close to 60. At least the Sambo competitors. Because these are, like, insane human specimens, like most of them. Um, And the divisions above that are still, like, great athletes, but dated, you know, appropriately. And uh, the divisions are really small, you
0: know. Right, right. So, uh, not to, like... Ruin your international career or anything, but if you could get <laughs> vladimir Putin in a in a match wh- how how bad would you fuck him up?
1: I whoop that ass yeah <laughs> he's actually pretty
3: decent
0: judo black belt, He is yeah actually there, there was a there was somebody that called him out a couple of years back, and i I think we have an article on the site about it where he was like yeah you're you're, you're fucking your phony black belt, your phony you know judo black belt i'll I'll fucking take you <laughs> of course he didn't respond because he's vladimir Putin this just some asshole journalist mm. but I would have loved to see there's that. footage of
3: him um Fucking around sparring at some you know, he he does okay, dude. Yeah. I'm sure he knows a couple
0: things, but uh, no, man. no, he
3: trained. Listen, never mind. I'm not going to say no, that. No, I, I that's die. that's the whole point of this. But... I don't want to die. Uh, <laughs> dude, I,
1: I went, yeah, I one one of the times I was over there training, um, I uh, I was there for like a couple of weeks, and in Red Square is like a little market area. And they saw all kinds of bullshit, and most of it is complete bullshit, you know, just for people passing through, tourists and whatnot, Sister. and they had this uh, this amazing shirt, and it was like right when the sanctions were first levied against uh, um, Russia and yeah, the, the oligarchs Mag- and all that shit, shit. Yeah. and they had a this t-shirt, full-color, really nice portraits of Putin kicking Obama in the face, <laughs> and it said something like, Giet nasanksy is like our answer to the sanctions it was oh. it was awesome Man. but like right when i walked by they were pulling them down you know and i couldn't really speak russian very well at the time so i was like you know like <laughs> Give me that
3: shit i need that that's good all right so uh personal vanity note from JNP. uh uh black monk is uh, i have two primary proteges uh in bjj one is nasser Who's a, an amazing bully, uh, and the other one is actually Black Monk, and um, could not be more proud of of both of them because they've gone so far beyond, um, you know, me. Uh, both of them in in in, in amazing ways. Uh is quite the judo instructor, and uh, Black Monk has gone sure. on to compete uh, internationally. Nazir is also
2: Nazir is also a lot nicer than me.
3: Um, that's he's not one of difficult the to say, <laughs> most humans are nicer than I am, but he is actually one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet in your life, never has anything negative to say and is immensely knowledgeable. And it is my hope at some point, uh, that we have him on the show because
0: on this dude, show. Oh yeah.
2: So
3: super. He's so smart though, dude. He's so knowledgeable yeah, and smart. For sure. uh, he's one of my favorite. And then, okay. So back to the track. Yeah, yeah, we're alive. back yeah. up. Um, yes, and, and it is my earnest hope that I get to have a beer with Black Moke and Nasser sometime soon. Or, I mean, Kool-Aid.
2: <clears throat> well, we're setting up for the uh, barbecue, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to try and do that. Out. I don't know where. I mean, I'm right sure. now it's in my fucking house. So, I mean, I have a foyer. <laughs> it's,
2: in, it's in his pool. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> that would be weird. But well, no. that would be the best ever because then I could really actually throw somebody in the pool and not hurt myself. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. No. We, we mm-hmm. can work
0: that out, but it's, it's not a pool, so but.
2: Is it heated?
3: No, not yet. Oh
2: yeah, it'll be it's, summer anyway. So Texas it's, really it's, really <laughs> it's going to be a thousand degrees it's in Texas. Texas soon
3: enough. Yeah. But, um, all right. So, um, why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us a story, a sambo story? Story time. Um, not the one about the prostitute at uh, the outside of the hotel. That's for later. Tell us a John yeah, Wick
1: story. Uh, well, I mean, I guess um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I can. I'll speak as freely as I can about it. There's. Like, when I first got into Sambo it was basically by accident, because I was training with Vandry um, briefly. It was solely BJJ stuff, and I'd done a little bit of judo in college. Um, I trained at Vandry for a little bit, and it was pretty eh. And I moved to Houston for a little bit and trained with a BJJ guy out there named Marcus Sequeira. And he's really super hardcore, traditional BJJ guy. It was very tough training super fundamental stuff and that really helped me get my chops um but but prior to like doing anything formal i was like training in people's garages and um i trained with Nassier a little bit back then um we were just training in garages and whatnot and so like i was learning stuff that i wasn't learning in you know or wouldn't have learned in a formal school leg locking and whatnot a little bit of throws and takedowns stuff that wasn't covered so it like colored my style quite a bit. So like trained with Vandry, didn't get a whole lot out of it. Went went out to Houston, trained with Marcus Sequeira, got like a really good base. And we did a lot of starting from standing training. And because I had even an inkling of an idea what to do, I still suck. But like an inkling of an idea what to do when I was trying it, it, it put me ahead of, you know, other people that I was training with, right? Really like flavored my style. And so then when I went came back to Austin, start training at Bandry, I was going in on Fridays, for open mat. Sometimes a couple times a day, working with Nasir and other people, doing throws, working like uranage, belly to back suplexes, belly to belly suplexes. There's a crash pad like hidden somewhere. That, yeah, yeah, you he'd, know, he'd
3: keep it in the corner. I, yeah. yeah, I was just throwing dummy a few times. Yeah,
1: and uh, and then I watched Nasir compete in the 2010 North American Sambo Championship in Cedar Park. And he got absolutely destroyed by Doug Fournay, which is understandable. Um, But he went out there and did this thing that I'd never seen before, and I thought it was cool as shit. And, uh, you know, because they were throwing, there was like, and freestyle is different than real Sambo, so to speak. Like sports Sambo and combat Sambo scored completely differently. But it was like a good introduction. And so... The um the next year I was like ah shit I'll try that out so I went and uh did the um 2011 I believe North American Freestyle Championship and I won a couple of matches and it was all doing goofy ass bullshit like I hit a flying scissor and toe and got a toe hold like a few seconds after that and then like the next one was like some completely horrible flying armbar attempt you know. But, like, none of us knew what we were doing, so it didn't really fucking matter, you know? And uh, and I got another toehold, and I was like... And it was so conducive to the style that I was practicing. That's why I prefaced it with that. Because I was like, oh, now there's this rule set where I can do all the shit that I like to do. You know what I mean? And I've been practicing it, like, multiple times a week anyway on my own time. So, this is cool. Maybe I'm actually good at it. And at the time, USA Sambo was just starting to become a little bit of a thing. And they put out this thing, I believe, on Facebook that was like, hey, anybody want to compete in Kazakhstan um, hmm. from the United States, hit us up. And it was like airfare paid for, room and board paid for, all that shit. Sure. And so I was like, hell yeah. And I told my ex-wife, I was like, you know, ex-wife now. I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to go to Kazakhstan and uh, fight. And she was like, fuck no. And so I, I said, okay, well, you know, I'm trying to be a good husband or whatever, I'm listening to you. I won't go, but if I get the offer again, I'm going to go, you know. And just a couple weeks later, they are like, hey, you want to go fight in the Karlampiev? And I didn't know anything about that. That's like the former all-Soviet Moscow Super Cup, like, big-ass deal. And I was like, oh, well, I, you know, got this motherfucker with a toehold in Texas. I was like, I can go... <laughs> I was like, I can, go- I can go compete with Karlampiev, and, you know, even if I get beat, whatever, you know, uh I'll still be okay and man I like the I had one match and uh as I flew over there it was a complete culture shock I didn't know any Russian I didn't meet any people that spoke English like I got out of the airport because of a mail order bride I sat next to on the on the <laughs> plane over because she like just married some dude in Boston and was flying back to some fucking where in Siberia I don't remember where I think it was Irkutsk but you know way out there is what I'm trying to say and she was like oh I know English because I've been married to this fucking asshole in Boston <laughs> you know for a couple of years and uh and so she helped me like find the dude that was supposed to pick me up and all that shit because we flew into Domodedovo, and Doma is like the biggest airport in Moscow and it just got bombed like a couple months before that so shit was weird you know what I mean it was like bombed by some Saudi uh extremists or whatever oh shit so she got me she got me off there. I go like meet up with the US team. I don't know any of them and they're all like international judo superstars for the most part and they're like looking at my goofy ass like breakdancing on the floor and and they're like they're like you're going to get fucking killed. And I was like, "Well, you don't know motherfucker. I got leg locks and shit." <laughs> Cuz I was like under the impression that that was sambo because you know my like freestyle sambo is like Steve Kepfer. Who did a great job of growing like grassroots sambo, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, sambo Steve, there you go. Sorry, yeah. but like,
2: Sorry. Um, well, he's 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 always been very famous. So yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Everybody knows him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. he, um, you know, and they did a lot of leg locking stuff and a lot of newaza. You know what I mean? And uh, and Riley was one of his students. And so I was like, Riley bodycomb, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, um, I'm gonna go try to leg lock some people or whatever, you know, just the things that I knew. And I fought this dude, Vladimir Balikov, who's done international judo since he was, like, fucking nine years old or some mm-hmm. shit. And he's from uh, Penza. Like, a it's a sp- pretty nice-sized city, but it's, like, definitely away from, like, most of the um, western, like, metropolitan areas. You know what I mean? And uh, that dude was... It was unreal. I've never felt a dude like that. And that's what got me obsessed with Sambo, is he was so fucking strong. I've never felt anybody in my life, even to this day, competing, even a heavyweight and like no bullshit. Never felt a dude like that. Because he as soon as he had put his hands on my jacket, I had to take a knee. I couldn't stand. You know, and I was like I was like, Man, this is fucked up and then like kept trying to make attacks, but they all looked stupid, you know, because he was just like Manhandling me, you know what I mean, and not really trying. I don't remember what he threw me with. Like not a damn thing. He tech followed me like pretty pretty quick. And I remember like trying to scoop up a single because I had been like my my tokyoaza reluctantly is kataguruma and I've katagoruma some really badass dudes, but now you know definitely not back then. Very closely related to pulling single eggs and shit like that. So I like scoop up a single leg, I was maybe gonna try to like dip for a fireman's, and his leg felt like like stone, it was unreal, and just like there's nothing I could do, I couldn't move him anything when he pinned me. I couldn't breathe, it was like like blackness, just like i, I couldn't I couldn't breathe, and he was like constricting me as I was breathing, so it was just like tunnel, 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 you know <laughs> damn. And after that match, I was like, dude, that was fucking embarrassing. Um, I don't ever want to get my ass whooped like that again. And so when I got back to the States, I started getting my, like, physical preparation in order. Because I was like, I can't even hope to compete against these guys unless I'm, like, comparably strong. I don't have to be as strong. I
3: remember that because you started working. Oh, my God. You started working out.
1: Yeah, I had to. And then I trained, like, dude, I trained, like, two days a week or two times a day, six, seven days a week for, like, the next seven eight years you know i was like i can't have that happen again and it did happen like quite a bit
3: (laughs) (laughs) international competitors yeah turns out they're pretty good
1: dude that that was like such a shock and so every time like and uh i always like um ruffle someone's fucking feathers when i say this shit but like whenever people like Uh, BJJ guys in particular, and I don't, I don't have anything really derogatory to say about BJJ. That's not it. But like, when BJJ guys say like, "Oh well, the Sambo guys like their Nawaza is shit," or like, you know, I can just pull guard, or that shit's not like um, applicable in the street or whatever. I'm like, dude, if I had all the money in the world, I would fly your ass over there. I would get you like, I would pay for your visa. And I would, like, I everything, I would pay for a year of training for you just so I could see you get the shit kicked out of you <laughs> over there, you know, because, like, it's that, like, it it's that dramatic, you know what I mean? Like, the two worlds are so different, and so, like, when people try to make the comparison, I often stop them now, and I'm like, you can't. Like, the rule set is so different. The skills that are valued are so different. Why are you even... Talking about them in the same conversation, you know.
3: So the thing I think that a lot of Americans, Westerners miss is um, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of physical capabilities when you have you, when you live at a, a level where, like, you're carrying the water, right? You're you're doing the kind of task, menial task that just doesn't essentially doesn't happen in this country, and there's a level of physical development with those kind of people. And we're talking about from the time they're like three and four years old and they're working really, really hard. And I see that in a lot of the, I mean, on a personal level, I see that in a lot of the Mexican laborers that I work in construction, right? They can work circles around white dudes all day long because there's literally a foundation there where they grew up doing, you know, physical things that just people in, in Western, First world countries don't have to do, like if, if if you've ever had to carry water for any length, you know, and and, and I'm not talking about a couple gallons, right? I'm talking about a hundred pounds of water, you know, yoke style, right? That will real quick teach you how out of shape you are, and and what you're looking at in, the, in people in those kind of environments is these are people that have worked out a degree that you cannot even understand. From the time they were like three and four years old. And that builds a kind of a, a musculature that most people in the West just can't fathom. And I felt it. I mean, I, I know what you're talking about because I felt that, right? I felt yeah. that from laborers, and I felt that from a few international competitors that I've run across. And it is un-frickin real.
0: It was like the farm strength versus, you know, whatever, gym strength. Right. You got the kids. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and we see that a lot when in, in, in the Army because those guys will come through and we'll train them and like, the the kids that are coming from the suburbs and shit, they're they're like you know, eh, they're okay. Yeah, some of them might be good athletes, but then yeah, the the doofy, dumpy looking farm boy, you know, he's been throwing hay bales all his life. You know, he's got the IQ of, of a fucking bag of chips, but he's he just can go all day, just yeah. does not get tired.
3: So, and and I think there's even another level beyond that where, um, you know, just there's a certain comfort level that we take for granted here in the West, and and a lot of people in the West take it for granted that's not there in other parts of the world. Right? So you literally don't have the perspective unless you've traveled or run into those people. Yeah. trained
0: with no air conditioning and that kind of shit.
3: So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, there, or there's, indoor plumbing. Yeah. There's definitely like some socioeconomic factors that play into that. Uh, like no doubt, but um, the, the training is just vastly different to um,
3: like eight hours a day.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes and no. It, it, um, so, so this is this is the way I, I, like, try to dice it up for people. Um, and I always put it in the context of BJJ because that seems to speak to the widest audience. Like, I cast the widest net, and this makes sense. You know what I mean? So you go to even, like, a good, fairly competitive gym here, and you go to a class. You know, not a competition scenario, but a class. And there will be, like, um a handful of people on the mat, and the instructor in 20 minutes will show five techniques. You might be able to do three or four repetitions of it. And then if you do have the opportunity to do more, most of the time you'll just see people try it three or four times and then sit and do fucking nothing, like waiting for the next technique to be shown. Yeah. You know, whereas like, uh, that was actually one of the things I had to get over that technique collector bullshit in order <laughs> for me to be successful overseas because. I got my ass kicked for a long fucking time, but I did eventually start winning. Um, and it was when I quit doing that. I remember the first time I trained at Samba 70 in Moscow. There are these two Georgian dudes who like, um, you know, I don't know what it is, genetics or whatever. Them motherfuckers are freaks, like strong, crazy athletes. And there are these two dudes um, who did standing fireman's carry. For two hours straight, no breaks. Nice. Just that one technique, and I mean, we're talking like getting the Kazushi, pulling them up. I mean, this these were like kind of live um, throws, so they weren't one hundred percent compliant. And that's actually another facet of the training. It wasn't one hundred percent compliant, but they weren't really resisting either. And they, um, uh, they, what do they call that? Um, I I forget. But anyway. It's just this technique where you just throw over and over and over. You and your partner. I take one, you take one. I take one, you take one. Navrasovania. Uh, and they did it for two hours and no break. Like, Kazushi, put them up on their shoulders, do a front flip, land them on their back, pop back up. Other other dude does it. And uh, they had to have done in that two hours, they had to have done like 300 repetitions each. Something sure. like that. Yeah. And that resonated with me a little bit at the time because I was like, dude, I, I could have a baseball bat in my hand and that dude fireman's carrying me like all day. He's done it so many times. And then when I, when I trained there like um, times after that and I had some like international competition under my belt, the coaches over there at Sambo 70, that was the biggest thing they always said. They were like, quit trying to go for a dozen different grips and a dozen different throws. They're like, you need to get good at one grip and one maybe two throws and that's it. And so when I did finally start winning and uh and lasting for an entire period of a match was when I did one grip which is a left-handed traditional grip and did one or two throws which is morote sewanage and Kataguruma. And then I started winning. But I've probably done 8000 morote morote sewanage in my life and probably more than that in Kataguruma. you know. And so I'm so confident with that, even if I'm not like even even if I know the odds are stacked against me, I'll try that against anyone with confidence. You know what I mean? Um, I'm always comfortable there.
0: Yeah, that's the um, I think uh, remember Esopian, Matt Kirtley from the forums, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt now. But he was I mean, even back when he was like a blue belt, he was trying to explain that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, that was his thing. Is not Pokemon. Don't fucking connect or collect techniques. You're not yeah, trying to dude. get all 151. No, you just work on five. Work Level up your fucking Charizard
3: or whatever. Yeah.
4: Shut up. Grumble, 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 old
3: man. That's some good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so I want to circle back around to the prostitute because that's the kind of classy guy I am. <laughs> told me this story. One of the first times he ever went and competed uh, internationally and he just got married is um, and this is somewhat to exonerate. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do nothing. That's I say exonerate <laughs> you, yes. Uh, 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 hold up. Uh, 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 you, uh, you name black, dropped black, like black, twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, black, black monk. monk. Black monk. Alright, so to... <laughs>
2: are we going to beep that? Or are we just yeah, no, just exonerate. we just cut it. So just start your thought <laughs> over
0: again. I wanna, darber, darber, so, darber, so I want to
3: mention fuck something. Oh
2: God. Oh, yeah.
0: So I Fuck Trump.
3: Ruining that bit of tape. Just tell me when you're done. Just tell me when you're (laughs) fucking done. So I want to explain something about the the prostitute story that I mentioned about Black Monk earlier. Um, He told me this story, which I think is hilarious. When he first went over to compete, uh, one of the first times he went over to compete internationally in Russia, Um, he was at this hotel and um, like... I think every day he would see this just gorgeous, drop dead, gorgeous blonde, I think you told me. Yeah, she was uh, walking around the perimeter of the hotel and as and I'm sure I'm gonna mangle this to some extent, but i going just sh- tell you what I remember. But he told me like at one point, like, you know, they crossed path and he was just like, Hey, how's it going? And she was like, This many ruble and he's like, What? She was like this many ruble. and he's like, "Oh no 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 no! I was just saying hi and 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 thank you very much, but I just got married." Uh, but it, she was pretty attractive, so attractive that he had a hard time believing that she was actually a, a lady. No, man. they
1: were they were they were everywhere. And it
3: didn't it didn't uh it didn't quite happen like that, but that wasn't too off.
1: Like so, after mail order bride like got me off the plane. She was rad. I actually flew next to her back to the United States, like, uh, what are the odds? like a week later or whatever. <clears throat> but, um, no, I, I, they always put the athletes up in this hotel called the Aerostar Hotel. It's like huge business, five-star hotel. There's always like some like, um, you know, like yeehaw oil guy, like sitting in the, in the bar in there from Texas, <laughs> no bullshit. And, uh. I, I had just gotten off the plane. I had fucking bags on me, um, you know, trying to find my room. And as I'm going to my room, that chick walked up to me and was like, hey, you want to fuck? Like, just like that. And I was like, didn't know how to respond because I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the, I beg your pardon? Wait, what? You know? And yeah, she was, she was a pretty lady. I actually saw her like many years. Every time I stayed there, she was still there and and she's then spy. um
3: she's a spy she was a spy. Yeah. yeah
1: and i and i was like i was like no man i'm no i'm i'm married and she knew enough english to like say hey do you want to fuck but not enough english to know like hey i'm married yeah you know not interested or whatever
3: yeah
1: um and then she was like she was like yeah it's 300 rubles or something like that um and then it was funny because like Anyone on the street, most anyone in the hotel, except for—I mean, she knew how to say that. Didn't speak any English, and when I went up to the front desk, I was like, you know, kind of talking to myself. I was like, man, who the fuck is this broad? And uh, and the desk guy, that since it is an international hotel, like they are required to speak English. And uh, the the desk guy was like, like silly hookers, fucking prostitutes. They're everywhere, you know, like. like all casual and shit it was but they were uh it was it was like uh that that whole thing was surreal because like even um even like our translators sometimes and like uh you know escorts not that kind but you know like escorts to and from the tournament would be like that like it was such a more sexually open culture and then there was there wasn't this weird sting of rejection either because like One, I just don't play like that. Like, basically, everyone else on the US team did. Um, (laughs) sorry, but, uh, (laughs) it's true. But, but I don't. That's just not my comfort zone. And, uh, even like our translators would be like, would be like, do you want me to come up to your, you know, come up to your room, uh, with you? And I was like, no, that's good. And then, like, not pissed off, like, ah, fuck you. They would just be like, okay, no problem. You you know what I mean? Like, it was was, like so casual. And it was actually really fucking cool. I I enjoyed that. Uh, there wasn't some weird stuffy stigma about it. You know,
3: the Puritan uh, uh, ethos. There you go. Not yeah. How culture. how long
0: ago was that? Because I, I my sense is that Russia's has kind of changed a little bit more Puritan. Oh,
1: yeah. Maybe maybe I don't know. I know it's become a lot more Westernized. So that doesn't not make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, cause that was probably like 2011 something like that. And then um, the the last time I went was 2017, I think. And in 2017, way different. Way more people spoke English. It was a little bit more like Western uh, Christian ideals, yeah. I guess. <clears throat> um, but then you could also like go into Red Square and there were fucking tattoo shops everywhere. Huh. And there was no such thing. Then,
2: oh, yeah, you know right what I mean, 20, like, because I,
1: I I got tattooed over there a couple of times when I was hanging out with a friend of mine, this this chick that I know from the punk rock scene, who worked uh for the Canadian Embassy. She like issued refugee visas to people like in Kyrgyzstan and the <laughs> Caucasus and all this shit. And um, like when we went, we would go get tattooed together when we were hanging out, like after training or after a tournament. We had to go up into some like giant fucking high-rise apartment. There's like no signage, nothing, and it's a full-on tattoo shop, like perfectly sterile, and dudes know what the what they're doing, but they couldn't advertise that shit, like none, hmm. you know. And now, at least in my experience, and then you, but you can go in Red Square now and like pick flash shit off the wall, you know.
0: Yeah, that's crazy because I know like Putin's trying to the, the whole Russian oligarch shit. They're trying to use the Orthodox Church yeah. to get another foothold on. Of social control on all the, the people, mm-hmm. so, you know, OP to the masses and shit.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there was a... Through Sambo, I met a bunch of people who were... Who, them directly or their folks were religious refugees from the Soviet Union. One of the guys um, involved with the USA Sambo, actually, he had to flee Russia um, when he was a kid. Go hide out in Spain or some shit, I oh. forget, because um, he was Jewish. Huh? No, 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 um, because he was Jewish, and that, there's a handful of stories like that. Uh, one of the guys from Bolshito, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, Tai Chi guy? Yeah, he uh, he fled He fled to Estonia.
4: Oh, shit.
3: Oh, I should know who you're talking
1: about. Yeah, but... Um, but I don't. Yeah, and, and when when I was at... I, I taught myself Russian, so that way I could like further my progress in the organization over there with FIAS, which I did a pretty good job of uh, for a while um and i would i learned russian by uh teaching myself basic bullshit online and then getting on skype and speaking with native speakers um and that's it that's all i did and i became like near fluent maybe fluent at one point just doing that and one of the the ladies i used to talk to in kazan told me about all the stories of growing up in the soviet union how our grandfather who was kidnapped by the kGB taken out to a gulag ended up shooting himself because it was so fucking bad out there and they were um had some kind of religious practice going on too and since he was dissenting the like you know the atheist state or whatever um by like speaking about religion or dissenting from the political like regime or whatever he was kidnapped and taken and she said that that actually still occurs in Kazan right now but sure. it's just not like a state program she was like cops kidnap, kill people
3: all the fucking time man right? Times. so um note to young people that think communism is good uh even the dead communism and and 10 15 20 years later still not good i have a
0: couple of fucking tankies on my uh on my friends listening like man and like like i think i mentioned this the other day i was like i always like to bring up boris yeltsin and a houston randalls there's a picture of him. he's like what the fuck? Look looking around Dude. it's like you have like thirty different types of cereal. Like we have I don't know, like Stalinos.
1: Dude, yeah, they, so I I did in in twenty twelve I competed so this was another one of those random ass things where it was like, Hey Americans, who wants to get their ass whooped? And I was like, Me, motherfucker. And so <laughs> they I went and competed in this city called Ufa, which is like the fourth largest city in, in Russia. It's big. It's over by Kazakhstan, maybe two hours from the border of Kazakhstan. And, but out in the middle of fucking nowhere in the steppes. Like, it's, uh, there's actually a book written about that, that area, speaking on the socialist thing. But anyway, um, so I went over there and I competed in the belt wrestling world cup, which is basically oh, uh, uh, a suplex contest, a belly to belly suplex contest. And it's a bunch of like, like legit Olympic Greco guys and Olympic judo guys. Like I wrestled this dude named Otgun Chinbat from, uh, Mongolia, who's like a silver or bronze medalist in the, um, judo world championships, A little 62 kilo guy. Cause I fought at 62, that tournament. And, uh, they, uh, one of the guys from USA Sambo accompanied us over there and he was from Georgia. And we, I remember we walked into, uh. A supermarket. Look, look around you. You see a grocery store and I was like I was like, yeah, if, of course, um we're in one, you know. And he was like, in Soviet Union you look around, there's nothing on the shelf, nothing. Look at this. There's bread, there's fish, like, you know, just like like pointing out the fact that like there was nothing to be had, like nothing whatsoever. And then ec- except for unless you were an official or some kind of like Like, oligarch, or you know, like those motherfuckers had money, them motherfuckers were eaten, and then it was better in the like metropolitan areas. Is like a lot of the um, like snootier people from Moscow and St. Petersburg that I know, um, will refer to the rest of the country as the provincial areas, Hmm. and so, like, in the provincial areas. It was poor shit. You know what I mean? I mean, like with Lenin, they had like the electrificatia, and there's all the like, you know, like infrastructure in weird places. You know, even way out in Siberia, there's like decent infrastructure in places, Um, but they still didn't get the services and social support and stuff that they did in more urban areas. From my understanding, this so is what like, I this is what I told by old ass Soviet dudes. You know,
0: so like freeways, but motherfuckers are like fiddler on the roof carts and shit, just going down the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to visit Russia. It seems like it's fucking chaos. Every time you uh, look on the internet, you'll see like a video of uh, fucking you know like the dash cam videos is a big thing. You know that the, shit's so the cool. scammers that <laughs> they'll jump on your car and then oh you hit me and then fucking I saw one. There's a tiger chasing a dude down a road. It's just it's Hell it's yeah. insane.
1: Yeah. It, it, well, I don't. I mean, I don't have any like like crazy crazy. Well, maybe I don't know. But like the the only times that things got weird, I guess you could say. Was one, um, actually on my way to the Belt Wrestling World Cup, um, the, uh, dude from USA Sambo, uh, was, uh, he was like, hey, you have like a seven or eight hour layover here in Moscow. And he was like, my homie here is gonna, gonna drive you around. And they have some connections, whatever. (laughs) And so this dude, um, has, like, the Italian pointy dress boots on and, like, you know, black slacks and then, like, a dress shirt, like, unbuttoned down to, like, almost his navel and, like, some chains and shit, and he pulls up in an American SUV, which you don't see that shit anywhere, nowhere, fucking nowhere on the street. And he's, like, driving through rush hour Moscow, taking us to some Uzbek restaurant like this – talking to us in the back seat, not even fucking looking. And like, people are having to dive out of the, way. I'm not bullshit. and having to dive out of the way on the sidewalk at the bus stops. And in this asshole, there's above ground trains. There's a massive subway system there. That's so cool. It's the best I've ever been to. Ooh, Ashanka. And, uh, they, uh, um, he gets on the above-ground train railroad tracks, and motherfuckers weaving in between oncoming trains. Oh no! In, in that Ford Explorer. Oh my god! I think it was god. an Explorer, and I, and the one of the guys from Philly, uh, USA, Samba was with me, and I was like, I was like, dude, am I gonna fucking die? And he was like, he was like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's so Philly, I don't know. And that shit was wild. Um. There, there's clearly some weird shit going on there, and um, and then an, another time, like there's kind of like this like flippancy about death, and maybe that's just my perception, but it's what no, I no, saw. That, that's so you know legendary
3: mean? in that culture because
1: actually. the first time I ever f- flew Aeroflot, which used to be a disaster of a I fucking know. airline, like like dudes kids driving the plane while he's drinking vodka and <laughs> shit. Yes. Um,
3: legendary, actually. Yeah, they
1: used to like I crash the into the Urals all the time. Um the uh the uh pilot, there you go, came on the loudspeaker and said some shit in Russian, I didn't speak Russian yet. And the whole plane started laughing and I was like, What the fuck did you just say? Like th- to this chick next to me and um and she was like, Oh, it's very funny. He said that he's drinking right now and like <laughs> And everyone thought it was fucking hilarious, you know what I mean? I was like, "No, no motherfucker, that ain't funny. Like, I ain't trying to die <laughs> like to go go to a suplex contest and i I like got on the subway one time in Moscow. I was hanging out with all these punks and skins um we went and got tattooed together and were drinking beers and shit and uh I met them like through some friends, so when I would get done training, I would like hit them up on Facebook or whatsapp and be like hey let's go fuck around you know and uh we were, they were like hop and turn and shit and all the stuff that I didn't want to do cuz I was like I'm not you know <laughs> I'm not trying to get like arrested or whatever and they're like they're like it's fine you're white you're white and that's true because anyone who looked like remotely central asian they would pin that motherfucker bam you know who would do something like that but like a uh, you know dude looks like me they would like let you go pr- do pretty much anything and i got on the train and this, this like super drunk dude lunges at me with a knife and tries to and tries to stab me and like cold call. Like, he wasn't talking shit to me. Like, we didn't even see each other. He just, rah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, whoa, shit. And I sat down and I was sitting next to, um, a friend of mine, Igor. And, um, and I was like, dude, should I be worried about this guy? And Igor was like, "No, no, he's very drunk." Like, and that was it. <laughs> that was
3: that's it. Like, that's done. all. He just stabs people.
1: The dude that was with uh, Stabby guy was just like this, like, holding, holding him back, holding him against the seat, and that was it. And I was like, fuck
3: this shit. "You got to remember, it's a podcast. They can't see you holding him back." Yeah, but
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know how else to communicate that. Like reverse clothesline. Yeah. Uh, but but like weird. honestly, like a bunch of that's not all of it. But a bunch of that stuff, I feel like I'd experience in a lot of places. Like, I I remember playing punk shows in the '90s in Atlanta, and it was at least that sketchy, at least where we were playing. You know what I mean? So like, I remember getting shot at in Florida playing a punk show like in the '90s. So like, that's arguably worse. I don't know. You know?
0: Is is there even a punk scene in Russia? Oh, fuck yeah! Yeah. I I mean, I know Pussy Riot was. You
1: know. That's that's not a band, though. That that was that was like a art installation protest group. Oh, shit. I didn't know um, a friend of mine was telling me about it. She was like, oh, they've been like stirring up shit for years and years. They're not really a band. Maybe they are now. But she was telling me that they were just like a protest group that kind of got together and made some noise and shit one day and got busted for it. But they'd been doing that for a while.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, so kind of like the feminine people that go around with their you know tits out. That's That was a protest. Yeah,
1: there, there was a dude in Red Square who nailed his balls to the cobblestones. Like, <laughs> uh, similar...
0: Why? What the fuck was he protesting?
1: <laughs> I can't. Um, I don't remember. It was like state oppression or something. Pro- pro- but...
2: Protesting having testicles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Protesting uh, that sack. His, his Y chromosome. Was fucking... Oh man. Yeah, no, the the punk scene's actually really rad over there, man. It's like, and in the um, as actually, I play in a band right now called Bullshit Detector, and we. <laughs> That's uh, so
0: fucking perfect. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. You need
1: to do the intro to the to this <laughs> podcast
0: now. That, that
1: needs to happen.
2: It, it, we'll record it right now. We'll do it. Oh hell yeah! They, yeah they, that, uh, we'll um, make that happen. Bullshit detector.
1: Yeah. We just released a a three song cassette tape in Moscow, um, and it, it's it should be well. I think the official release is on the twentieth of this month. They're, they're on cassette tapes. Is that yeah? No, that's like a that's like a huge format right now, and I enjoy the shit out it of it. Is like it like a retro-y
0: thing, or is it just that's convenience? It's...
1: I I think it's like supposed to be a nostalgia thing, but nostalgia. The people who were consuming them for the most part weren't really alive or listening to music when cassettes yeah. were. Well, a thing, yeah. You
2: so, know? but so the thing with cassette is uh, it, it's it, exactly the same argument uh, against uh, like CDs, right? It's not digital.
0: I thought they were
2: digital, not analog. No, they are analog. Mm-hmm. Cassettes are analog. Oh, huh, I didn't know it that. does. Yeah. It does have a different
1: sound, and and when you master uh, music of any kind, it does have to be uh, mastered differently for. Like digital formats versus vinyl versus CD versus you know whatever.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. But now, now we're uh, we're like morally obligated to promote bullshit detector. Just I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. Just,
2: I mean that. We'll,
1: do do it. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Now you also did a um, damn, uh, Ramon's comic book recently, hey, can,
2: right? Yeah. Can you play bulls on parade?
1: I, no, I have no idea how to do that.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, you did yeah, so yeah. it because that would shit.
0: that would fucking
3: work, right? <laughs> yeah
0: have yeah, bullshit detector I actually plane. know Bulls a dude I know a dude I'm out <laughs> He's from Ireland. He does a rate his he has a band that does rage against the machine covers. Uh huh. downtown Austin. Uh that's his whole thing. It's like I I forget what they're called, but yeah, so I was thinking of asking him, but then we found out that there's bullshit detector. I mean, I we we got to do something with that. But no, you did a Ramones comic book.
1: Uh or yeah.
0: graphic novely thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um I did I did a bunch of artwork stuff when I was a kid and then um I was really young when I got into punk rock, um, you know, for whatever reason that I did, I was a rebellious little shit. I like the music, whatever. And, um, and then I played and toured in punk bands for, from when I was like 18 to when I was 30 and then sporadically since I'm 40 now. Um, and the Ramones are what I really like cut my teeth on. Um, even though I got way into other shit, a bunch of like anarcho-punk and like, oi and street punk and all other kinds of shit a lot of hardcore and uh i uh was just sitting at work um i'm a special ed teacher and doing inclusion support and so i do have like a modicum of free time sort of like during the class time and i just started like sketching stuff and this was like a few months ago and i ended up writing a comic book with the uh, ramones as superheroes superhero (laughs) clones and i i put that out like uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I sold out, and so there's more oh. being printed right now.
3: Nice, nice, yeah, yeah.
1: See, I I, I know a little bit about punk. I
0: but I mean, that's uh, I appreciate the genre, but I my knowledge does not run deep. I'm like fucking uh, Black Flag and, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. i uh,
1: Oh, right on, yeah. Sex
0: Pistols. I the Ramones were like the first band, though, or first official punk band. Judy's a uh, punk.
1: I mean, they like. The more they do research into that, the the like farther it goes back. So like, I don't know that the Ramones were ever considered first, but they are seminal.
0: There was a there was a
3: a group of black dudes uh, that had a punk band, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah, like, in s-
1: Detroit. Yeah, it's yeah. Death. Yeah, yeah. Death was pretty rad. Um,
3: there were some bands in the '60s that had,
1: you know, possible punk. You know, the proto-punk stuff, Radio Birdman, Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah, and yeah. You know, all that. Yeah, stuff. there was yeah. a
3: bunch of stuff. So it just depends on where you want to draw the line.
1: For sure. Yeah.
3: Fuck the UK, so we'll we'll claim it.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of that, like it sounds overly philosophical, but a lot of like me growing up in punk and like squatting and living in like punk houses and doing all kinds of DIY shit, making my own music, putting out my own records, was a uh, a really good foundation for me to get so obsessed uh, with Sambo because um, I I did a lot of that. I mean I can attribute a lot of that to a lot of people, but as far as the like like Blood, sweat, and tears shit goes. That was me, like trial and error, doing it on my own, going out, getting my ass whooped, coming back and figuring it out again. I didn't have like a steady stream of coaches to tell me what to do. Um, I wanted that, you know, especially at a period of time, but just not readily available, especially in Texas.
0: Yeah, especially in Texas. Well, in the 90s, it was still people still figuring all this shit out. So I, I can understand that, you know, what, what did they really have back here in the 90s for as far as was Vandery here?
3: Yeah, late 90s, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I I started in 99 with him, and um, I got hurt, and I didn't come back until 2001, and that's when I really started training, seriously. But um, he was, well, I mean, as far as BJJ, he was it. And then um, Phil Cardella uh, started up probably right around the same time as Vandry. Yeah. Um, But he was like at... Blue belt level, and Bandry was at purple brown, so okay. it was a little different. I mean,
0: they were just yeah. I was filling in. I mean, now you can throw a rock and hit a fucking Brazilian jiu jitsu yeah, school. Yeah, San
3: Diego Junior here, but you it's know, back in the day, I remember we
0: the closest like, one. Ten Gracie Baja affiliates here now, or something. Yeah, are like they that. the ones that make you buy their fucking gi? Is yeah, that yeah, them yeah.
3: That's the Bowtie yeah, Helio. They, yeah, yeah.
0: Nothing personal, but fuck
3: you guys. That's shit. Well, I mean, they've you know, I I am not a um in favor of that kind of because it goes against you know the kind of i mean the i came up in the machado tradition and it obviously they're pretty laid back compared to the gracies um as far as like not having to wear the specific uniform but um i do think it's cool that you can go to gracie baja anywhere in the world and they're all teaching the same thing on that day right like i think that 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 aspect of continuity is kind of cool but I don't think that's
2: 100% true. Well, maybe it is now. I haven't trained at Gracie Baja for a while. But the one thing that, that I did really like about Gracie Baja was that um, you could just, like, do a drop-in, yeah. right? Yeah. So you could mm-hmm. just go to, like, a different state. As long as
3: you were a Gracie Baja yeah. guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and they oh, do yeah, not they do not hire crappy instructors. Like, you, you're you going to get a solid. There are no crappy Gracie Baja instructors. No, instru- no definitely, definitely, not. definitely not. They're all accredited. Great. Yep you know brazilian mm-hmm. dudes uh, that have like there's a little tiny one right around the corner from me and the dude's a third degree black belt that's won like a couple brazilian nationals i mean you know so it's you know i i can't get past that you got to wear our gi yeah the gi thing chaps my ass. i'm like no, yeah, fuck they,
1: that. yeah but i
3: mean also that's yeah, the my report personal card bias. thing
1: too like the one time i went to a gracie baja and then like Turned around, got the fuck out. Was they had these little like punch card things that was essentially like a tracking system for like when you got your next belt. It was like, oh, oh mean, yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. yeah. They, they classes? Definitely. Right, right.
3: You know, they de- but, yeah. definitely totally do the participation. Could I do that shit?
4: Yeah, um, just like,
3: there's an You old... earn it when you've been going this long. But that, there's some kind of hard stop. Like, you don't go past purple unless you've got decent skills. I can't oh, okay. remember what it is. Well, purple used to mean something. It used to be a huge it's fucking still, deal. still, for the bell. most part, means something. I mean, BJJ is definitely going so through some... Just show up at a fucking...
0: Like junior... Get my card stamped, you know. Congratulations, yeah, yeah. your EFT has you know, come through. Some Oregon <laughs> dojo
3: tried to implement a junior black belt. So we actually have... And they uh, shut them down. Right I remember around. there was a, the uh,
0: mail order dark blue belt thing that was going on for a while. Who Was that Gracie? No. That no, yeah. That,
3: no, no. That no, was... Yeah, yeah, that's Gracie uh, Combative that, Online Program. Dark
4: right, right, right. Blue. Yeah. Yeah,
0: online. Yeah. It was an yeah. instructor
3: certification. Fuck but it yeah. wasn't a real blue belt in the traditional sense. <laughs> that's bad. Um, but, I mean, those guys don't... That's Henner and um, the two sons of Horian, as I recall. Um, but that guy, you know what they—they don't—they don't try to be something they're not, right? They're, you're mm. not. It's just like the There's a big thread on Ashton Kutcher's brown belt. That's oh yeah, in the, that, that um, was oh. the Higgin Machado no sparring system, right? Right. For celebrities that Dang. can't get hurt. Hold on, <laughs> you don't get a fucking You fucking look at
2: dude,
1: it. I, I trained with the, 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 the dude who was in Dark Knight, Two Face. That guy, he was a uh, um, whatever that actor's name Tommy...
0: is. Tommy? No, no, no. That's the original one. Uh, fucking uh, Aaron Eckhart, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I trained with him in oh. Houston at Mario Sequeira's. Um That motherfucker was bad, dude. He was really, really good. Oh, really? Hell, I like him yeah.
3: As an actor, I don't know anything about. I didn't. even I mean, know he trained. was
1: he was really good. I'm a big. Comic book nerd. Uh, he was like, and you know, sometimes when it gets into movies, I think he played a good Two Face. And that dude uh, was a really fucking good BJJ practitioner. Huh. Legit.
0: Yeah, he was a Frankenstein's monster in some movies. Yeah, yeah, that was a mm. great.
3: I like that movie a lot. Um, I actually like him a lot as an actor. Um, what are we watching over here? Yeah. So this is Ashton Cooker, Kutcher. Oh, oh, try rolling oh, with no. a world class. Uh, BJJ competitor, and that guy's not even bothering. What is this? He looks. He's just letting him work. It's Craig Jones, I think his name, and he's like, eh. um, he clowned. Um, who's that kid that was the hottest? What's the name of the kid that he clowned? Um, yeah, the... oh my god, I'm yeah. being old. Yeah. Um, so Craig Jones clowned Kier, not Kieran. What's the name of that kid? That's Keenan Cornelius. Yeah, Keenan Cornelius. Thank you. And I've never seen it. And but. he's a, he's a brown belt yeah,
0: in yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's a brown belt in this video. video in yes. the
3: flow jitsu, not <laughs> <It's> the <laughs> BJJ. Technically, it's flow jitsu. Is it like the BJJ? Brown pants sort of thing. Brown belt. The, you, brown. He wore his brown belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So we're watching the video of Ashton rolling with Craig Jones because um, that's a big topic on this laziest right now. Omoplata ever. No, yeah, yeah. Because there's a bunch of you know people he's like,
2: just like he's got his hand behind his head this is like, total yeah, bullshit
3: <laughs> it's interesting because I watched it on my phone and I can see it. a lot better nobody is I mean yeah we're all watching this and we're gonna have to post this he, in the, I, mean, I mean yeah just the way he posted his arm out right then was not good Just, um uh, God. I
0: haven't actually rolled in a long time but fuck me I I would destroy Ashton Kutcher I mean good for him sex trafficking and whatever the fuck he's into these days Scientology
3: or something but Sir he's still. actually anti. He's done a tremendous amount of work, and the
0: I-, I wasn't say good on the sex trafficking. I mean, great job there with all that trap. No, I mean he's anti sex trafficking. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know. No, it was the other dude from that 70's show. That's a Scientologist. Yes. Yeah. It was with Danny man. Masterson.
3: Yeah, yeah, that guy. He fucking that knew. played Hyde. Yeah. There you go. I'm sorry, I have yeah. brain cells that remember that.
0: I yeah. Um, I can't yeah. believe that's still a thing. I thought we would beat them
3: back in this. Never mind. I'm shutting up.
0: And the clouds parted. Uh, uh, Frost Uh, was quiet. Put up my guy Fox mask back in the closet. Fuck Trump.
3: Alright. Oh god. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) That that crowd was
0: pro Trump. That's why I put that thing away. So we're we're discussing Anonymous, by the way, if you remember those, those people. Mm-hmm. That's, uh,
3: that's, that's ancient history. That's pre 2000. No one remembers that No, No,
0: was it? It was 2008 or 9?
3: 8 or 9, yeah, something like that. Well, my so. sense of time is excellent as always. It's like, his was a thing in 2002.
2: It was after, um,
0: well, it was when Tom Cruise hopped up on the fucking couch on Oprah and was like, I don't know, trying to finger wrestle her or whatever the fuck he was doing.
3: <laughs> oh, and then, and you know, he was saying I love. Yeah, he was like going all,
0: you know, Gaga Katie, over Katie Holmes name? and his arranged marriage to, you know, keep yeah. his beard and then just
2: With a 14 a year old. Yeah,
0: she was at 14. She was like. She'd been on Dawson Creek for like ten years, so she's probably in mid twenties. No, she was in her twenties. What,
1: what was the like? Was still, not like, twice most her re- age. What was the not most recent, but fairly like recent uh, Scientology documentary? Was it Going Clear?
3: Yes. That
0: was one. Then they also had a, a chick from that show with that fat guy. That um, <laughs> fuck, what's <laughs> so good? Fuck it, yeah. Uh, but no, she did a, a whole like a series or a couple episodes. Uh, Leah Remini, I think, is her name. Oh yeah, yeah. So she did a whole thing because she was in the church. The yeah, church for a while she was then. the
3: wife and king of queens.
0: Yeah, the fat guy. The the oh, Chris Kevin, Farley's Kevin, fucking stand-in. Kevin, in. Uh, king, of,
1: king of queens.
0: Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. The,
3: What's his name? Kevin... The guy uh, that uh, the Adam Cop. Sandler replaced Chris Farley Adam with. His, pa- Paul Blart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: His,
1: his Kevin backup. James.
0: Fat friend. Kevin James. Adam Sandler. I don't know how to fucking
3: spell right now.
1: Yeah, Going but Clear was creepy as fuck.
3: That Scientology
0: is creepy. That as whole as shit. As I mean, the back in the day when Anonymous... Well, we're way the fuck off topic here. I mean, yeah.
3: yeah this we'll, might be, we'll
0: do a Scientology episode. Because, you it. know, seriously, come at me, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> so anyway i got that and uh, a whole bunch of other cool shit that i traded for um a couple of pair of uh like levi's 501 jeans when i went to st petersburg the, the oh, thing you're yeah. pointing at and we were doing a nato thing the with the thing uh, that you're pointing at yeah 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 that what, the, uh, what would that thing be it, it's the thing <laughs> <laughs> i got that i want to see
1: it that 10 pound bag of cocaine in the court. oh the ashanka yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
3: the russian hat that everybody yeah, is really so need to iconic do video. we we need to do this as a these video these things
1: are yeah, so yeah. warm man it's oh the, this
2: thing is so awesome and so actually this is a it's part like of a, a, one, a status it used to be part of a status symbol as to what kind of um, fur. fur that was used yeah. in this hat so this particular one is uh, made of squirrel squirrel I'm yeah, guessing that's like not a, a high-value target. So, and Is flying it? squirrel, maybe? No, it actually says right here. Uh, you can see it right here. It says... Um, Squirrelski? And I do not really speak Russian at all, but it says... Uh, Byelka.
3: Yes.
2: Oh. Okay, so
1: I don't remember where the accent goes, but because... Bilky and Bilky are two different things, and one of them's like squirrel, and the other one's protein. If I
2: remember
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> not serious. No, no, yeah. Hey, I'm we're like, in Texas. Rusty, it's
2: the same fucking like, thing. Um, protein. Yeah,
1: yeah. That I believe that is correct.
0: See, it's... I tried to make a Brock and Bullwinkle joke that just went unappreciated. It's... So, I'm so just...
2: anyway, this is like a lower status kind of hat because it's made of see i
0: i wanted to sport. get one of those but just like the the fucking thing with the dog name i i, I don't want to get one and then oh shit you know now it's 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 bad and there's a picture of me doing it and then i can never run for
2: governor of texas mm. so anyway in the 90s <laughs> uh what was going on so is, anyway <laughs> this, it, you know <laughs> like after you the wall joke. came down and 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 uh, and all that shit right so but, they, they, like, their economy had, had completely crashed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boris Yeltsin, he was a fucking yeah, yeah, drunk.
2: Yeah. So, um, so, they were all still wearing all of these old Soviet uniforms and stuff in the military and stuff. So, when we met up with these guys, they were like, oh, please trade me, you know, and <laughs> just anything. And so, you could get, like, you know, like. Legitimate Cold War memorabilia kind mm. of stuff. It was the the Navy shirts those, those dudes had were cool. fucking
0: cool. The stripy ones, like the, the missiles, were like an added bonus. Well, you yeah, get the missiles. But what was it? Uh, the Punisher. Are movie, you talking the about first, the like
1: homoerotic ones? Yeah, the the yeah the, no, yeah, the those
0: horizontal stripes like the oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Punisher that that went oh no the no from
2: like uh, uh Red October they had those.
3: Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. remember that too. Yeah, that shit's
2: yeah. cool as fuck. I that was a good movie.
3: But you okay? wear tiny tiny rainbow shorts so i don't, know, I don't <laughs> trust anything yeah man i've, done it. I've really, done it i what was that punk show you were dressed in some outfit and i'm like oh my i oh, don't
1: know i my my girlfriend puts on this uh this event every year called the punk rock lottery where they put a bunch of uh people's names in a hat essentially and then they draw um names out of the hat to form bands so like <laughs> this is uh this is a guitar player this is a singer this is a whatever and uh one year um i mean man the musicians were sick as fuck but we were we did a glam band like an american style glam band called looking for a kiss because that's a uh, that's a a song title from the new york dolls and the new york Price. dolls the new york dolls were like super misogynistic like sexist assholes but they dressed up in drag
4: <laughs>
1: and uh and they would, like, whoop people's ass with their stilettos on and shit, like, back in the day. <laughs> and uh, and so we did, like, essentially, like, a New York Dolls knockoff band, and I was in drag, and I looked fucking good, dude. <laughs>
3: that's, uh,
0: that's probably the most Austin thing ever said on this show. That's it's, awesome.
3: Well, it is awesome. Yeah. I,
1: and, and then for a... For, uh, and I'm actually being serious here, even though it may be funny. I, like, got a glimpse into what it was like for women to be, like... Ogled, you know, and, and not me jerking myself off. Like the the bitch who did my makeup did a really good job. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I look really good. And and because she's been doing drag for like 20, 25 years, something like that. It's like a really good friend of mine. And I remember like this dude, and he was big as shit, man. He was like 6'4, 6'5 like, grabs my ass, and so he had to reach down, like, that he had to put some effort in there, I'm not a big dude, <laughs> he, like, reached down and, like, got a handful, and then, like, in man voice, I was like, you better draw that fucking hand back, and he was like, whoa! <laughs> and, like, and on a serious note, I was like, I was like, dude, is that what it's like, you know, to get fucking ogled and groped at by fucking weirdos, you know, when you're a chick and you're just out, you yeah, know what I mean? yes, yes it is. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Makes you uh, more inclined to believe that statistic of one in four women have been sexually assaulted. Yeah.
3: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. If, you, if you've never experienced that, then you don't have any um, perspective on it. Tell tell the story when you almost got your eye gouged out when you were bouncing.
1: <laughs> oh, dude that that um that band is actually they just played San Antonio a couple nights ago. There's like an old English p- punk band called the Attics. And they dress up doing this like Clockwork Orange type shit, um, sort of. They have like, I don't know, you just have to see it. It's like half Clockwork Orange, half clown makeup, all (laughs) this like party shit. They like to throw confetti and have big like confetti cannons. Um, And they've been around for, I mean, I want to say at least 30 years now. It's got to be more than that, though. My math is bad right now. And I was was bouncing at the Attic show here. And uh, when you're bouncing, especially like big shows like that, you, you have to keep in mind not only is is this dude gonna start shit, but also is the crowd gonna turn on this person, you know what I mean? And there's this like young punk kid who was just kind of flailing around and shit. And he uh was pissing a bunch of people off. And um at Old Red Seven, um there was this big pole in the middle of the that like, was a bar. Uh, floor in front of the big stage. And he was just uh, doing the shit and then like smacked his head into that fucking pole. And I stopped him like this. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, put my hand on his chest. And I was just like, hey, man, are you all right? And he looks at me and slaps me like just like that. And I was like, what the fuck? And just started laughing. And then he just turned around and started like goofing off again. And I was like, all right, that's weird. But you could tell people were starting to get pissed off at him. So I was like, oh, crowd's going to turn on him. Maybe I need to scoop him out of here. And then this big, like, Looney Tunes fight started where there's, like, fish bones and panties and shit, like, flying everywhere. <laughs> and it was that dude fighting this, like, 16-year-old chick. And and her dad, um, well, at least his homeboys are a bunch of fucking banditos. And they all started coming in, like, whooping this kid's ass. And I was like, yes, he deserves it, you know, but nobody needs to die right now kind of thing. And so I scooped him up. And I kicked open the, like the door to the back of the bar and I threw him outside and I was standing by the door just so he didn't like pop it open again or whatever, even though it was locked and you could hear like, you know, the dude wants back in. And I was, uh, and I was ignoring it and ignoring it. And then finally I was like, fuck dude, this dude dude needs to go away. So I like pop open the door and I was like, I was like, fuck out of here. And he grabs my shirt and like pulls me outside and, uh, and starts, like, swinging on me. And so I just, like, bear-hugged him and did a kasoto Gake and put him, like, whoop, flat on his back. And when we were falling, his entire thumb went in my eye socket. Whoop, ah. Like, all the fucking way in. And he was fishing for it. Like, this dude did fucking like three days somewhere and was like, Oh, I'm going to gouge this motherfucker's eye out. Yeah. And he was like in to the inside going out like the way you're quote, supposed to <laughs> dig in that shit. And it was coming out through my eyelid. And um, cause I could feel it going like, you know, my eyelid peeling <laughs> up, peeling apart like that. And so I like held his hand like this so he couldn't keep pulling on it. And then I armbarred him, I arm barred him, broke his arm and then like slapped him in the face a couple times and then just went back inside and he started trying to fight my friend Patrick, who's like also a very big dude. And it was like, um, like no exaggeration literally is holding the kid by his head while he was like, you know, <laughs> swinging around all crazy and shit. And what was, what was so weird about that is like, shout like, out to vitamin P. Yeah, it was vitamin P. Um, what was weird about that is like training all kicked in like like I wasn't mad I wasn't anxious I wasn't worried about my eye I armbarred the piss out that fucking dude and got up and walked off and then afterwards I was like fuck you know and got mad like <laughs>
4: afterwards you know
1: but then but then like I've never had I've had all kinds of horrible shit happen to me in street fights but that was like one of the worst it's like the whole side of my face and even my neck on that like 50% of my head hurt to the touch for uh, like weeks afterwards. Yeah, he probably
2: got like infected or some shit, right? It,
1: I don't think it was infected, um, but everything was strained. You know what I mean? Because my well, my, I think my,
3: you had a hit your histamines in your body just went. Dude, fuck this! Yeah. And like everything even, went even, on. like
1: down here, like under my jaw That's and my neck. It, ugh, it,
3: no, yeah. No, I'm just, Cringe. Out.
1: Yeah. So
3: I like that story in that um, it it shows that one. The eye is not as easy to eye gouge as you think it is.
1: You gave it a good run.
3: And two, the the human body is so so much more resilient than you think it is. If you've ever done any kind of physical training exercise. Live martial arts. Because if you're soft, you know, all bets are off, right? If you fall, you can break your neck and all that shit if you haven't developed any musculature. But if you've ever done any kind of working out, and not just martial arts, you've got to... Like, your muscles can hold your bones together on occasion, right? So if you have good musculature, something to keep in mind that she can hold you together. I know I've been Mm -hmm. in some situations in automobile accidents, also falling, and also getting the shit kicked out of me, technically, where um, I fared a whole lot better than some other individuals that have gone through the same exact thing. Like, I was in an automobile accident with a friend who was kind of soft and out of shape. I walked out of that Accident with nothing on me, no injuries, and he was f- he was fucked up. Right, motor- motorcycle brake falls be uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah do that as a class. We
0: should work
2: like that. Some Wheelie motor- break motor- and- <laughs> or something yeah, th- yeah.
0: that goes to like what Mark repito said, the strength coach. He's like, yeah, strong people are harder to kill. Yeah, oh, yeah, was yeah. that
2: a Repito thing? Yeah, 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 that's where that comes from.
0: Yeah, or he might have ripped it off because you know whatever, mm-hmm. but.
2: All right. So we got an eye gouge story. Let's hear a nut shot story.
1: Oh, um,
3: well, this one man, time when okay, I was at so like, camp, <laughs> like,
1: um, <laughs> well, one time at band
2: camp. Yeah. I said,
1: <laughs> Nutshot. shot. Camp. Oh no, this, this is, this is a little bit, uh, more painful than a nut shot. I, uh, so I used to do a lot of, uh, unsavory things when I was younger. <laughs> um, hung out with some like genuinely not great people. Um, and we were, uh quite violent often I'll just say that and there's this one dude um there's this one dude who would uh we got into it with a couple of times he was in an uh, opposing uh group of individuals and we we ended up getting in a in a fight with him one time at a punk show like long time ago and he held that like against me and us for like years afterwards so this was like let's say in 2003 and then in 2004, I see him at another show that my band was playing, and he uh, called me the N-word um, and uh, said a bunch of bullshit, and I, like, tie-kicked him in the stomach, and a friend of mine hit him what, when he doubled over, like, boop, boop, and, <laughs> and, he, and he fell over, and that was it. And then I played another, another show with uh, um, a different band, but, like, the following year, this was, like, annual, you know? And he, uh, I see him at the show and, and like, he's like mean mugging me. Like every time he walks by, like he's like minding his business. And then all of a sudden, you know, like this kind of shit (laughs) gives him a bad look. Yeah. Just, and, and I was like, man, this dude's a fucking joker. Come on. And, uh, I was loading out after the show and he kept doing that bullshit like all night. And he talked shit when I was like walking by and I was a piece of shit then straight up. But like, I really was. And, and so I waited till he was making out with this super hot chick. There's no bullshit. He, and like this dude, looks inbred as fuck. And I'm not afraid <laughs> to say that shit. He looks bad, dude. And he was making out with this like really hot chick. And so I was like, opportunity. <laughs> and so I went and snatched him up. And I was like, I was like, hey, man, if you want to post up, let's do this right now. Because I wanted to interrupt this little thing. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out. He has a, like, pint of beer, and he throws it up against the wall. It shatters, and he's like, Rah! like, literally screams and, like, kind of Frankensteins at me. And I, and I got him with the koshi garuma like, head and arm throw, wham, on the ground. And then as we were falling, he grabbed all of my nuts, like this. And I was, like, snaking them out of his hand, like, moving my hips around. That was a and clinched he, fist for and those And he guys. got just the nut sack like, in between uh. some of his fingers and stretch that shit out like taffy. And he would not let go. <laughs> oh, and so Jesus. I was, like, beating on his fucking face. And I was like, let go, you little shit. And uh, I had him backed up against a fence in Houston, like, with his head up against the fence, like, real sharp angle. And he wouldn't let go, wouldn't let go. And so I started elbowing him, like, right here on the bridge of his nose. Oh, uh, yeah. And he shit himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dead serious. He shit himself. And he let go of my nutsack. And so I like <laughs> bonus. Yeah. And I was like, and you could hear the little squirt when he oh, no. shit. And I was like, I was like, yo, fuck this. And like got up, got up and walked off. And then as I was backing up, I bumped into a cop. Because the cop was just standing there watching the whole thing. I bumped into the cop. And then I just did like a like sideways like shuffle out of there, like, hey, waka waka out. Walka Yeah. <laughs> because like a bunch of the other dudes that we were like affiliated with, they're like, oh, they're just friends. They like got drunk, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and that's not fucking true. But like, you know, they're just looking out for me. Nice. <laughs> but that 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 was weird. I mean, that hurt like a motherfucker for sure.
3: All I have to say is, <coughs> Bullshito, you're welcome. Oh, yeah, so oh welcome. Yeah. That's
0: a great story though. That might be the best story so far. he's,
2: he's got some good <laughs> stories. It, it, it hurt a lot, but it didn't take you out of the fight. And that's
1: no. Point. Well, see that that was that was the other thing too. And like uh, that I you know, told people on a serious note, I've been like, man, I've had people like fucking do all kinds of bullshit to me, like in street fights and uh, doing those fight ending things, like grab my fucking nuts, like try to dig my eye out. My, I mean, like I said, my eye came out my fucking eyelid, all that shit. And I still won. went home and the other person wasn't all that fucked off either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it required like that type of training and then that like, um, automaton type response to just be like, "This is what I'm," you know what I mean? Muscle memory.
0: I'm, I mean, maybe that would end a fight with somebody that doesn't have all that muscle memory. They're like, yeah, "Oh yeah. no, a that's thumb's in saying. my eye." Yeah. yeah, for somebody that's trained, it's like, "Fuck you." You're, yeah, how, for like, sure.
2: I don't even have to think. <laughs> how, how I'm just you trained for a fucking thumb in your eye. Well, uh, you know, that's I'll, the argument. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I always tell that to people who like who train Krav and see it as like a a like a grand means to an end. It was like. You can't, there's only so many motherfucking eyes you can poke. Like, you can't, you know, you can't train that for real. Yeah. You can't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, you can mimic that, ghost it to an extent, but you can't do it against someone squirming around who's also punching at you, trying to knee you in the ribs or whatever. Like, yeah, don't work like the that. The guy
0: that can establish positional dominance is, is the one that's going to win. The, eye, the eye-gouging, biting, you know, nipple-twisting. There's nipple twisting. forces
3: that, that actually do that against livestock. Like, they gouge the livestock. Out. That's
1: some shit, dude. Dude, That that same dude old like taffy nut puller. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he
1: used to. All right, so taffy, uh, puller, taffy nut puller.
3: that is the title for, of this for episode
0: for the people taffy watching at home.
2: Uh, you you're not seeing the uh, gesticulations, the stretching. <laughs> the stretching motion. Yeah, no, he got it out there. No, this
1: this dude used to fuck with this old punk rocker here in town who was um, who wrestled in Utah all growing up. And like every time they would see each other, because like homeboy the the old punk rocker was like, I ain't trying to do this shit. Like I don't give a fuck. And every time, uh, nut would see him, he would be like, <laughs> you know, like all dramatic. You run like make a big deal out of it. And then like homeboy would be like, fuck this shit again. Put his beer down, double leg that, bam, bah, you know, like lay him <laughs> on his back. Done. And that happened like, like. I'm not even lying, dude, had to happen like a dozen times. And uh, so like so Miller
3: was smart is uh, what I heard. No, no, he's dumb as shit. But
1: <laughs> but um, I always was like, That is the toughest son of bitch in the room because he knows he's gonna get blessed <laughs> you know what I mean? And he he's doesn't, smart and he doesn't dumb. care. No I mean that's admirable for him to be like, I feel this thing and you know, I'm gonna go do something about it. His risk assessment wasn't really good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> doesn't doesn't have a future. It's an insurance broker.
0: It was just the universe's way of giving you a story. Uh, yeah.
3: That's what it was.
0: Yeah, yeah thank you. And, uh, uh,
3: hopefully he didn't breed. You know he did. So those guys just
0: I don't know. There's some weird fucking genetic well, thing.
3: And making out with the hot chick, so you know. Yeah, that's. Yeah.
0: There's, there's, yeah, there's man, some pheromone. Stupidity pheromone is like super attractive or something.
3: That must be my problem.